This is a GRDC podcast. With the advent of precision agriculture, there's both a desire and an ability for farmers to trial different agronomic approaches over a much larger area than is normally carried out using the traditional small plot trials. Hello, I'm Chris Brown. But with so much variability over a large landscape such as a paddock, how can you trust the results of your trial? Well, this is where the folk at SAGI, Statistics for the Australian Grains Industry, enter the picture. And as you'll hear, the back end of a statistical evaluation of a large plot trial is on the cutting edge of statistical knowledge and research. On this podcast, we speak to Katia Stefanova from SAGI West, Suman Rakshit, who is a biometrician with SAGI West, and Karen Reeves from the West Australian Department of Primary Industries and Regional Development. To begin, Katia explained that the difference between small plot trials and large plot trials is not just about size. Well, if we have to distinguish the small and large size plots, we should say that the small ones were usually used by the researchers to address specific research questions. And they're predominantly used because the spatial variability, the soil homogeneity is much better when we have a plot of the size, let's say, 8 to 10 meters by 1 meter in comparison to a plot of the size 14 meters, for example, by 100 or 200 or even 500 and more meters. So they're the paddock size? The paddock size, yes. So that's these are the plots which we call large plots and they exhibit a huge spatial variability. And from statistical point of view, this is the problem. And there should be some additional tools developed and techniques employed to be able to address similar questions. So now there are two types of objectives in running such type of on-farm experimentation. One is basically addressing the direct need of the grower to get to know his property better and what kind of treatments, how to apply the treatments. And this is rather more known as precision agriculture and even site-specific applications. But the other big type, the other quite big group are experiments run on farms where basically the growers wants to compare different treatments and to decide which one to apply. And again, because we have two different questions, of course the statistical approach should be different in both cases. In the past that's not been the case? Not exactly. Simply the problem was that, for example, there is a trial run on a paddock and there are two treatments to compare. And the practice was to get for this large plot, to get one single value. Let's say we would like to compare the effect of treatment on yield. And we'll have six plots, two treatments replicated three times. So we'll have six single values 
for an area long one kilometer even by 50 to 100 meters. So the spatial variability is huge, but basically we can't account for this by just having one single number. So apparently there should be some additional information like yield map from the harvesting equipment, like some additional um, covariates like salinity map of the property, um, the soil type, the pH of the soil, and other measurements which should be taken into account. And in this way, one can have a better and correct answer to the farmer's request. Is there a, a temptation to extrapolate those results from one farm to other farms? Have you found that? Uh, yes, particularly for this, the second type of trials which I explained, the so-called comparative experiments. And actually it's, um, it's difficult to do so because the farms can be very different in terms of soil, in terms of fertility patterns, moisture. So how did you or how are you overcoming those issues of taking into account the variability along, say, a, a big plot trial? I first have to say that we came across all these problems by being involved in Western Australia, being involved in RCSN, which is Regional Cropping Solution Network. And there were around 25 projects run under this network. And the service providers, around 12 companies, approached us asking for advice, starting with the design, and later on they approached us for analysis. These trials where the plots were small were fine because the classical statistical techniques and with the proper design we advised earlier were okay, but the problem and the question came with the large plot trials, and that's how the research interest came in. Now, as I said, there are two different issues, and Suman is here so he can explain he just completed a paper basically on suggesting a methodology for the analysis of spatially varying treatment effects on large plot trials. Okay, now, all right, well, <laughs> how did you do that? And what have you done? So the basic idea is uh, pretty simple. It's that in the location where you want to estimate your treatment effect, you give more weight or more influence to the observations nearby that point or that query location. And then you move your query lo location or the focal point of your interest throughout the paddock. And that's how you could generate sort of a surface plot for the entire paddock, which will give you an idea how your treatment effect is varying over your entire paddock. Treatment effect, by that you mean what you're doing to the soil or, or to the plant and how that varies. That's right. So treatment effect means, uh, for example, if you have two nitrogen rate treatments, then how the yield is differing for these two uh, nitrogen rate and how the difference uh, value, the, the differentiation between the two rates is varying throughout the paddock. So at one place, it could be just one ton per hectare, the difference. 
and in other part it could be totally reversal. The other treatment might be giving you the difference could be negative one ton per hectare or more two ton per hectare. So that's what the treatment effect variation throughout the paddock. It seems to me that this has added enormous layers of complexity to your work. Is that a fair statement? Yes, absolutely. Yes, it's much more complicated. So the the recent development in modern applied statistics and in biometrics respectively is to use spatial statistics to additionally, in the past, there was traditional analysis of variance use. Now we ha- we added, and for the last 20 years, for under this SAGI project, statistics for Australian grains industry, we implemented the so-called linear mix models, allowing to do some spatial adjustments, not only for the natural variation, but as well to adjust for some Uh, management practices in the field which introduced a systematic error to adjust for this as well. So at this stage, that's what we've been doing all these years, analyzing small plot trials for the researchers and trying to address their hypothesis, designing the trials and so on. And now there is like a big area of farmers being more and more interested trying everything or doing the experimentation on their own farms. But actually the the statistical tools, whatever being suggested to them by now, probably produce wrong results or misleading results because we can't use just a single number of yield for this large plot where at the one end we may have even different soil type, we may have water logging if you like, we may have different elevation and so on and so on. Yeah, which is what you were saying, uh, yeah. Simon, yeah. So getting this right, if farmers and their advisors get it right, it's going to lead to some very, very valuable information for them. Yes, absolutely, but all it takes time. So we're doing everything the way, and the good side of all this happening is that it's research driven directly from the practice. So we started with seeing the problems, running the courses to introduce the basic things of experimental design, like replication and randomization. And the next step about the analysis of statistical, proper statistical analysis of these trials actually can be done and introduced via rigorous research. And this is the first step which Suman has done. Now we may try the other approaches and Karen been working, for example, on National Frost Project. I mentioned only RCSN, but Karen may say how she noticed the same phenomena on a lot of frost experiments which were run on farmers' properties. You've been dobbed in, Karen. You thought you were going to sit over there in the corner, didn't you? So yes, the Frost Agronomy Project is another example of a project that involves large plot trials. In that case, it's because there's no other way to do that research. The frost effects only manifest themselves where there's continuous canopy, so you need to have really, really large trials for that. And so in that case, they collected data using yield maps, but 
the statistical methods to analyse that data didn't exist, basically. So I guess that's some of what we're looking at here is developing those methods and so we can do that analysis. And there's no easy description of this. And to ask you to explain how you do this, I think you would find it impossible to explain to somebody who's not in, in your field. Yeah, I mean, uh, the underlying mathematical model could be pretty complicated, but the output which we produce, that could be used using nice graphical tools, for example, surface or contour maps, if you know what that means, or perspective plot, where the height of that plot would give you an idea where you could have more potential yield mm -hmm. compared to other regions of your paddock, depending on which level of treatment you're using. So yeah, so, but the underlying mathematical model could be very complicated. That's why uh, it's not there yet. In, in the current literature for controlled experiments, yeah. And Katia, you've been delivering courses or workshops to agronomists in experiment design. Just tell me about that. This was really very good experience, starting working with the RCSN service providers, because we realized that the lack of knowledge, the basic lack of knowledge for, let, let's say, the basic principles of experimental design, like replication, randomization, and sources of potential sources of variation, even collecting the data, all of these issues were present there. So we decided to deliver training. After that, they came with the questions for the analysis. So based on the design, we introduced again another half-day course to explain for small plot trials how we analyze data. And this was done only for small plot trials. And as well, the other purpose of this course was to explain that for large plot trials, this is not a valid approach, not a valid analysis, and they cannot just simply draw their conclusions in the same way like we do for small plots. And I'm talking all this in the context of comparative experiments. In other words, experiments where they have, let's say, a treatment and a control and would like to say which is better, or few treatments, few rates of nitrogen applications, or nitrogen application, or let's say different soil amelioration practices, all of this, when it's done on small plots and designed properly, is statistically valid to analyze. When we come to large plots, the picture is completely different, and that's how we started to think for and look and read and look in the literature, looking for a methodology, and the research evolved, and all this evolved to research. It was practice-driven research, which I think it is the most valuable from any point of view, particularly for us statisticians working and providing support for Australian grain research. The brilliant minds of Katia Stefanova and Suman Rakshit from Saggy West and Karen Reeves, formerly from Saggy West, but now with the West Australian Department of Primary Industries and Regional Development. I think the message is fairly clear. Statistical analysis used on small plot trials, measuring an output, 
should not also be used on paddock scale experiments because that analysis does not take into account spatial variability. But watch this space because some very clever people are working for you to find a solution. My name is Chris Brown.